Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wiggins spins on the far side, guarded by Simonis. Curry will screen, now Wiggins drives, comes all the way, throws it out to Curry. Quick release, splash! Curry had three, that's a huge bucket! 120 to 112, 40 seconds to go. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players, highlights from the game, and J.D. will take your calls. Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Indeed it does from Sacramento at Golden One Center. John Dickinson with you. Warriors win at 122-114, to and you heard the highlight there on the call from Tim Roy, Stephen Curry, putting the final nail in the coffin for the Golden State Warriors over the Sacramento Kings as this thing got a little dicey down the stretch after the Warriors played excellent defense, found themselves down 11 in the first half, but really from the midpoint of the second quarter until the midpoint of the fourth quarter, excellent defensive effort from the Warriors. Steph Curry goes off in the third quarter, looked like maybe he was going to challenge what he did in this building six months ago with the 50-piece in Game 7 of that first-round playoff series. Finishes with 41, but he was stuck on 34 there for a while where it looked like, how how high is he going to go in this one? So Steph helped turn it around. The Kings with no answer for Stephen Curry in this one. They tried to trap in the in the fourth quarter, really get the ball out of his hands, did some sneaky trapping, and, and the Warriors didn't handle it well in, in the fourth quarter, which allowed the Kings, as they so often do in this building, down with the game seemingly decided, going a wild run. All of a sudden, De'Aaron Fox is unstoppable. That's kind of on brand for a lot of Kings games these last couple of years with Mike Brown at the helm. But all in all... A really solid Warriors win, and I think a, a win that they had to have to get back on track and to validate a lot of the things that they had done well on Tuesday that wound up being in a, in a losing effort and a lot of the things that they've discussed throughout the course of training camp about what they believe this team can be. And uh, so the Warriors are able to improve their record to 1-1, and they won't have to wait until November 20th this season to get their first road victory. The Warriors got their first road win in Houston on November the 20th. So you look at the Warriors, uh, they're, what, about three and a half weeks ahead of that pace from a year ago when they won 11 games 
away from Chase Center. So 888-957-9570, That is the phone number to participate in the program. You can give me a call or shoot me a text here at that number. Comcast Business text line open as well as we react to this one with the Warriors getting the win by eight over the Sacramento Kings. Just kind of running through the game, some general observations. The Warriors' offense, I thought, was was humming early. Uh, first half, first quarter, uh, Wiggins was much more aggressive. I thought the Warriors tried to get Wiggins involved in the game early. They were running their offense and staying patient, not settling for jumpers, which is the primary number one thing you have to do against the Sacramento Kings. You have to make them defend throughout the course of the shot clock. Do not do a poor defensive team any favors by casting off and taking shots that, that basically allow them to get out and run and, and, and get easy buckets the, with the way that they like to play. And so the Warriors had the offense humming early with the starters. They were manhandling Sabonis. Kevon Looney was standing it up, frustrating him. Sabonis was missing layups. He, he ended up with some some pretty good numbers in the game overall, 19 and 18 to go with seven assists. But the Warriors, especially early in the game and around the basket, forced a lot of misses on Sabonis. He, for as much as Fox has gone off against the Warriors, Sabonis really is the key that, that makes everything go for Sacramento when they're clicking. And one thing the Warriors have been able to do consistently is to – you know, Fox is going to get his, and Fox is a bad matchup, frankly, for for the Warriors. And and he's a guy off that playoff series that may be on to you know trying to reach his game from All Star level to superstar level this year. It remains to be seen. But the Warriors can't have Sabonis running everything, you know, with the dribble handoff game and the ball movement and all that, and De'Aaron Fox kind of having his way. So they they took, I think, a lot of the head of the snake that gets the others involved for the Kings away with the job that they did against Amana Sabonis early in the game. I was interested to see mid to late first quarter how the Chris Paul, Moses Moody, Gary Payton II, Jonathan Kaminga, Dario Saric lineup would score. It uh, was a struggle. Uh, Moody hit a jumper, and it was a struggle. really flipped the game. The, the Warriors went from up 17-15 to down 35-24, and then it was 39-28 before it got to that midpoint with the starters back in, and immediately a 19-9 run for the Warriors to, to close the half, and they went from down 11 to up 3 at the break, and then they, for a second consecutive game, big-time third-quarter performance for the Warriors. 39-27, they outscore the Kings. That's two dominant games in a row for the Warriors in the third quarter. They outscored the Suns 40-19. to Steph Curry's going off in that quarter, and the Warriors are able to blitz the Kings and, and wind up with a 15-point uh, lead going to the fourth quarter in, in, in this one, and they would push it all the way up to 18 before the Kings would, would get back into the game a little bit. 8 at 8 Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It is Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The game. So I, I thought key key point of the game number one was the response from the starting group and really Steph Curry late second quarter that nineteen to nine run. Warriors went from being down to up three, and then they really 
you know, after the Kings had scored the first five of the third quarter to take the lead, then then it was all Warriors from that point on. And Steve Kerr, I give him credit. He he made an adjustment from the lineup that he used in the first half, which was unsuccessful with Chris Paul and Moody, Peyton Kaminga and Saric, and he changed it up a little bit in that third quarter when he had to go to the bench with the Warriors starting to take control of the game. And it was Peyton the second in uh, I'm sorry, Clay Thompson was in for Gary Payton the second, and Trace Jackson Davis was in in those final five minutes for Dario Saric, and the Warriors typically the Warriors went on a run right there and pushed the lead up to 18, and that I thought was what ultimately gave Golden State in the in the non Curry minutes an opportunity. Uh, to have enough of a cushion to where they could withstand any kind of crazy run that the Kings were going to throw at them down the stretch in this one, and that was the case. Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody. Moses Moody's been really good in both games, and Moses Moody was was good again tonight as a, a steadying force. Four of five, plus 11, 10 points. Real nice effort for Moses Moody in, in his 21 minutes. He's had you know two for two in terms of solid games for Moses Moody. i got to give Jonathan Kaminga a lot of credit. Jonathan Kaminga was bad in his first stretch tonight. He was really good from that point on. At one point, Jonathan Kaminga was a minus 14 in this game. He was a, a minus 14 when the Warriors were down 11. Rough, rough, rough stretch for Kaminga in the first quarter and bridging the second with that Chris Paul, Moody, Saric lineup. Jonathan Kaminga was really freaking good after that, and and Kaminga flipped what was a minus 14 into a plus 9. So Kaminga, for the rest of the night, after that first run, was a plus 23 when he was on the floor. So all in all, real positive night. I thought Kaminga was even better tonight than he was when he finished the game against the Suns uh, the other night. I thought he was a lot more active tonight. So hat tip. Jonathan Kaminga and, and Moses Moody uh, for really helping the Warriors uh, in this one. Uh, a, a game that was for the good chunks of it right up until that run, led by Steph Curry and, and Kevon Looney, of, of all people, the two players that were shocking. Uh, not really that shocking, but the two best players the Warriors had in the playoff series against the Kings were the two best players on the floor for the Warriors for, for a good lengthy part of the game until the bench had that push late in the third to set up the fourth quarter where the Warriors would have the 18-point the lead. Didn't handle the trapping well down the stretch. Didn't handle the trapping well, but they were able to hang on. The highlight that we played right off the top with Tim Roy on the call, when it got to 117 to 112, it was, it was excuse me, <coughs> 103.86. Sabonis made it 103.89. Warriors then pushed it up to 111.93 with five minutes left. So they were up 18 with five minutes left. And, you know, we, we've seen this a lot. Warriors were up 117 to 102. Kings do this a lot in their building. And then all of a sudden from 117 to 102, it's 117 to 112. The Warriors are, are seemingly needing to get at least one more bucket or a couple of more stops, but 
they were able to get the stops. Curry hit the, the dagger three to put them up 120 to 112, and, and the rest was history. Curry ends up with a couple of more free throws and 41 points, and uh, night-night to, to Sacramento, who also dropped to 1-1 one one, uh, on the season. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. It is Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game with John Dickinson. Coming to you from Golden 1 Center in Sacramento, California, where the Warriors improve to 1-1. One one. They get a road win and a couple of more road games to go. This is the first of a, a long stretch of a lot of road games. Warriors are going to be in Houston. Then they're going to be in New Orleans. They come back home, and then they go on a four-game road trip after the one home game that they're going to play here coming up against, guess who, the Sacramento Kings on on Wednesday the 1st. And then they go to OKC, they go to Cleveland, Detroit, and Denver before the first lengthy homestand of the season will lead right up against the, the Thanksgiving holiday. So all in all, really nice win for the Warriors uh, as they get the job done in this one by Eight. Let's go to the text line, Comcast Business. Text line, King started 6 of 13 on threes, 5-1-0 rights, then 6 of 27. The Warriors started 2 of 11, then went 12 of 21. Yeah, Steph Curry, I mean, 7 to 10 on threes. He, he's just somebody that, I mean, a lot of teams don't have answers for, but he's somebody that Sacramento especially has had no answer for once he's got rolling now two consecutive games in this building and and I always thought Steph you know kind of up and down in this building throughout the course of his career but but he he's found something in that playoff series to where now he really likes coming to this building I think I think Steph has always been somebody that's thrived in the raucous hostile environments and and you know whenever there tends to be that 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 thickness in the air that you can feel of of a big game, that's typically when Steph Curry on the road steps up and, and finds a, a, a different gear. And I think that's what we've seen from Curry as far as the you know, the playoff series and, and the games in, in game seven in this building and then and then tonight uh he was able to do it again and the Warriors needed it uh in, in a big time way. So eight at eight Nine five seven nine five seven zero, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Rich Ray checking in here on the Comcast Business text line. Fox had thirty nine. What sixteen in the fourth quarter? A, a lot of those you could. I mean, it did get to a point where you thought, "Oh, can the Kings steal this game?" When it was one seventeen to one twelve, Fox does that a lot, and it's it's not a you know it, it's not a detractor of his game, but Fox does. I mean, he led the NBA in fourth quarter scoring, but th- there were a lot of games you know from watching Sacramento and watching the league uh, where he's he's kind of in check or has a quiet twenty or twenty five, and then all of a sudden it's fourteen. 16 in the fourth quarter, he ends up in the mid to upper 30s, and all of a sudden a, a 15-point game is a five-point game, and you're thinking, can the, can the Warriors score another basket to ice this thing? And Steph ended up taking care of that tonight for the Warriors. But yeah, Fox, 39, and he is a problem for the Warriors. That's a bottom line. But the Warriors have been able to beat the Kings, even with the Aaron Fox going off, because they've been able to do a nice job against Sabonis, and Sabonis is 
really the key to their other players getting going. I think you saw tonight Keegan Murray, real good young player, 16 points. He started off hot from three, ended up three of 11. They did a nice job on Keegan Murray. Kevin Herter was a no-show. A no-show for Herter, 0 for 5, 0 for 5 from 3. He had a goose egg in this game. Malik Monk, 9 points. You know, Warriors, couple. Of, I mean, Malik Monk basically won Sacramento two playoff games in that series. <coughs> Excuse me. Going back to April. Uh, and so the Warriors did a nice job against everybody else. Made Sabonis work. Harrison Barnes kind of got his here and there, but was quiet. Keegan Murray took a lot of shots to get his 16 points, and Kevin Herter was a no-show. So I I think the key, and we've seen it now for the Warriors in a lot of these big games against Sacramento, it has been Fox is is just the one guy they can't really stop. You hope to slow slow him down. He did shoot 28 shots, so they made him shoot a lot, although he was efficient and made threes and got hot down the stretch. But but the key to beating the Kings for the Warriors is Sabonis, not letting him do anything and not letting the other guys get off for Sacramento. And the, and the, King, and the Warriors, I think, have been able to impose their will against the others not named De'Aaron Fox in these head-to-head matchups. All right, we'll pause here. We'll come back. Your phone calls, your text messages, 888-957-9570. We also hope to hear from... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Steve Kerr and some players in the Warriors locker room as Warriors wrap up rolls on from Sacramento here on 95.7 The Game. with a high dribble, feeds in for Sabonis, knocked away, stolen by Kamaya Looney. Looney locates Thompson right side, great pass to Curry, who avoids traffic, gets fouled, throws it up and in, fouls on Mitchell. Stepped around and what a play by Curry. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up with John Dickinson on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, it was one of those nights in a good way for Stephen Curry. He finishes with 41. Big third quarter, 39-27 Warriors in the third. They beat the Kings in Sacramento, 122-114. to It's John Dickinson at Golden 1 Center on a Friday night in Sacramento. It was the home opener for the Kings. And really, aside from the f- second half of the first quarter, first half of the second quarter, 
Warriors did a nice job taking the crowd out of the game and taking control. I think a lot of people in this building tonight were thinking, uh-oh, here we go again as Steph slowly warmed up to the fever pitch that he had in the third quarter and uh, ends up with the 41-point effort in the ball game tonight. All right, we're going to hear from Steve Kerr coming up momentarily. We do have some phone lines open at 888-957-9570, 888 before we get to some of our sponsored elements. And uh, just also want to let everybody know Warriors back in action on Sunday. Warriors going to stay over here in Sacramento tonight and treat it like any other road trip, get on the plane uh, as they would uh, normally. And tomorrow they'll have a a flight to Houston and get to Houston, take on the Rockets Sunday, then New Orleans on Monday before coming back with the rematch against the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday at Chase Center. Let's get to our uh, extending the three-point line for tonight, brought to you by West Coast Men's Health. Off the screen, Curry gets a little daylight, fires and hits a three. Stephen Curry buries another one. We've got a two-point game, 6.55 to go. Warriors are back in business here. Yeah, 43-41 at that point after the Kings had led by 11 that in the second quarter and one of Stephen Curry's seven three-pointers in 10 attempts on the night. Kings started hot from three, as the texter pointed out, but then went cold and the Warriors won the three-point shooting tonight 14 of 32 they didn't take an exorbitant amount of them but the Warriors uh, extending the three-point line tonight with Steph Curry leading the way uh, 14 to 32 overall for the dubs you'll take that any day of the week 43.8 percent again the Kings cooled to 12 of 40 but that Steph Curry three is uh, your Uh, extending the three-point line three of the night, brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com. Rolling on here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game from Sacramento. And uh, just some more observations. You know, I made the comment uh, in the first half, and I threw this out on Twitter, and, you know, I didn't like the lineup that Steve Kerr used in the in the first quarter. And and I think the Warriors do have more depth than they had last year. I know Steve Kerr made a point in his postgame press conference to say, hey, I think their young and old mix is much better. I, I would agree with that. Uh, but one thing that I'm a little skeptical about going into uh, this season as it gets underway is you know, the Warriors' depth really as good as they think it is. And I think the combinations on a night and basis as Steve Kerr searches and we all know it typically takes Steve Kerr 10 15 20 games to figure out exactly the combinations of players that fit and play well together but I didn't love the Chris Paul Moses Moody Gary Payton the second Jonathan Kaminga Dario Saric lineup I just don't see enough offense with that lineup you know Paul is somebody that can score, but he's better as a as an auxiliary scorer when you don't necessarily need him to score. Uh, Moody can knock down open shots, but again, his offense at this point has to be tailor-made for him, probably by a player like Chris Paul. So I get why he would be out there. Peyton, again, you know what Peyton's going to do. He's going to sit, uh, stand in the corner, 
and the rest of the Warriors' offense is going to have to get him, you know, good shots in rhythm as basically teams leave him open and dare him to make that shot from the corner. The Warriors are, are allowing Jonathan Kaminga to be a little more dynamic offensively than they did a year ago, and seeing how he handles it. I know the Chris Paul Dario Saric combination is one that worked out very well in prior iterations where those two have been on the same team together, including in Phoenix. And so I, I think finding the right player, you know, those two can be out there together. I think Moody can be out there as well because he's somebody that can knock down a shot. Kaminga, it, it, it's kind of hit or miss. I mean, when you know, Kaminga, I feel like, is better when he's kind of found money offensively as opposed to somebody that's looking to go and play more, plays more in the flow. But I, I just – and you look at the second half – Clay Thompson was in that Peyton spot, and they made the change with Trace Jackson Davis with Sarich to get him in the game, change it up a little bit against JaVale McGee as well, and, and you know he got some time against Sabonis a little bit in there in that stretch. But but picking the, the, the spots, you know, Trace Jackson Davis put an imprint on the game in his time on the floor. When you look at a plus seven in a little under five minutes, there in what could have been one of the critical moments of the game when the Warriors were able to, without Steph Curry, push that lead up to a point where they had the cushion they needed going into the fourth quarter. So a nod to Trace Jackson Davis, but I think the combinations as far as the bench goes are going to be nightly ones that, that Steve Kerr is really going to have to to make sure based on the matchups that he's that he's pushing the right buttons on. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. I thought he did that in the second half. In the first half, I think he used a group that he used the other night, and there's going to be varying degrees of success. I think there could still be some lineups in first halves of games when the Warriors go to the bench that lack a little bit of the offensive punch that that the Warriors are going to want. And the last thing you want at one point when Curry sat down in the third quarter. He was a plus 19, and the Warriors were a minus 10 when he was out of the game. And you don't want to be totally Steph-dependent in that way. And that's the one thing, you know, as the, as the Warriors you know, move on through here, and, and I thought Clay Thompson played much better tonight, certainly offensively, only taking 12 shots, much more under control tonight than he was in, in the game on Tuesday night. I thought his defense has been solid in, in both of these games. But, but tonight – is the kind of game you can win with Clay Thompson, you know, only scoring, you know, 18 points, but doing it in a, in an efficient way. I, I think the Warriors are still searching on a night in night out basis for who their second score is going to be. And I think everybody's like, well, it's going to be Clay Thompson. Damn it. It's always been Clay Thompson as that second score in the time when Kevin Durant hasn't been on the team. But I, I think they're still, they're still looking I think they're still looking and searching night in, night out because Clay doesn't bring that efficiently every night. Wiggins can be here and there. There's nights where he is awesome, and then there's nights where he kind of floats like he did in the opener. And so, you know, he was really aggressive early. Wiggins ends up not with a great line overall in, in his 27 minutes, but I thought his pressure on the rim and, and, and willingness to cut and all of that was really important and impactful in the, in the beginning of the game. But it's finding, I think, that second and third scorer 
on a night-in, night-out basis. It just isn't as much of a sure thing as it used to be that the Warriors are going to have two and three guys that are capable of, of going off and, and really really scoring a lot of points uh, when you know when they need it. And I thought you know late in that that end of the first quarter, beginning of the second quarter run by the Kings. I just kind of was thinking to myself, you know, this depth is going to have to be balanced, I think, by having maybe some starting players on the floor a little bit more consistently because you don't necessarily know on a night-in, night-out basis who the number two scorer is going to be after Steph Curry, who clear-cut is the number one lead dog for this Warriors team and still playing at an exceptionally high level. All right, 888-957-9570, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. It's Warriors wrap up here, ninety five seven the game. Warriors one twenty two, Kings one fourteen, both teams one and one. Kind of looking around the league a little bit uh at, at some of the games tonight and you look at uh the Western Conference tonight, Utah, who was terrible the other night against Sacramento. Sacramento ran Utah out of their own building, put 130 on them. It was ugly, ugly stuff. And tonight the Clippers go there, and the Clippers get beat by the Jazz. So the Jazz end up 1-1. One and one. Clippers drop to 1-1. One and one. There's a whole lot of 1-1. One and one. Phoenix is 1-1. One and one. The Lakers are 1-1. One and one. The Clippers are 1-1. One and one. You've got the Kings and Warriors now one and one. San Antonio is one and one. They got their first victory in Utah at one and one as well. The two and O's in the early going: Oklahoma City, Dallas, and Denver. So not a surprise there. Uh, and then the O and twos in the Western Conference so far: Memphis, who dropped a couple of home games. I think Memphis is in some trouble this year. <coughs> Excuse me, I think Memphis is in some trouble this year uh, in the time that they're going to have to play without John Morant. And they've been kind of a powder keg, I feel like, waiting to explode. And they've been able to hold on and win a lot of games without Ja. Uh, dare I say it, I think the Grizzlies are in danger of not, not even being a top-six team this year from a team that was the two-seed and got beat and, and maybe even could miss the playoffs, although I think they probably believe they're going to be better at the end, Portland and Houston, the other 0-2s, no surprise there. I don't think Portland's going to win very many games at all, but they do have a lot of young talent. And the Rockets, I think, believe they're going to be better, but they are 0-2 uh, to begin this season. All right, uh, let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as uh, he met with the media here at Gold One Center after the Dubs win. Yeah, really good, uh, you know, subtracting the final six minutes or so. Um, you know, we did a, a really good job of uh, just uh, challenging shots, staying in front, um, you know, trying to make things difficult for them. Um, and then obviously, you know, down the stretch, we, we turned it over and fouled quite a bit. But, um, you know, the first first 42 minutes, it's a hell of an effort. As, as the game went on especially, how was this just an example of some of the depth that you guys, uh, even with Draymond. Yeah, I mean, I thought every guy who came off the bench was um, really good. Um, J.K. and Moses, you know, Gary and uh, Dario, they all uh, played big roles. And then even Trace, you know, played 
almost five minutes, um, plus seven. You know, he's, uh, he's out there uh, protecting the rim with his verticality. Um, he's a lob threat, so he pulls uh, defenders with him as he's diving to the rim. Uh, so it, we, we have a lot of depth. We have a lot of uh, veteran players who, who have been through these kinds of games before. So it's, uh, it's a good, good win. You know, first, first road game against a great team, so really good win. Doubling stuff late, and then you yeah. had that, you know, kind of Wiggins pick and pop thing. Yeah. Work. Was that designed by, by you guys? Uh, I think uh, it was not designed in the uh, in the in the huddle in the timeout. I think our guys figured it out. They they did it on their own. Um, that's I'm not sure if it was um, you know Chris um, who who called it or Steph, but they they figured that out. And Wiggs made an, an amazing pass. You've talked about the importance of the non-Steph minutes. What did you like about how they were in the second half compared to maybe not so good in the first half? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, these games are, everybody's got talent. Shots go in, shots don't. Um, there's going to be ups and downs for everybody. But um, I just, I like the, um, you know, the combination of what we have with, with those guys. When Chris and, and Dario are together with Moses and, and JK, it's a good mix. You know, we have... We have shooting, we have playmaking, we have floor spacing, and uh, Chris and Dario have been through this stuff an awful lot, so they, they kind of settled the, the game down. Steve, you mentioned the road when you didn't get one until November 20th, I think, last year. Um, just feel good to get, not get, start, get started in the right direction, I guess. Yeah, I don't, you know, last year's last year. Um, we've had lots of road wins over the years, um, so... Uh, I think we'll have plenty of them this year. We got um, we got a veteran team. We got you know guys who embrace this stuff, and uh, so I'm not I'm not surprised, I'm, and I'm also not thinking about last year. That's behind us. Wow, Steve Kerr quickly dismissive of of last year with, with, with a little bit of edge to the to the comment there. I think it's a big deal. I'm, I'm going to disagree with Steve and, and not that I don't disagree with him that this team is different and, and in many ways better. Uh, but you don't get a road win until the week of Thanksgiving. And then you get a road win in your first game this year. I, I think it is significant. And, and look, it's not to say that the Warriors can't win road games or it's an indictment of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Chris Paul, who's been a, tested veteran on a lot of really good teams in the NBA to me it's more uh, it, it's more you have to go out and do it to flush last year behind like you can say that it's a different team and, and all of that and that's fine but you got to go out and, and show that you're different and I, I, I thought tonight uh, was a game where you know maybe the Warriors benefit because it it could have you know felt like they know the Kings so well from all the the playoff games a year ago and all the times they saw them in the preseason two times to where they you know felt like they had a good handle on on how they have to play defensively I think in particular to beat them how they have to move the ball to to be able to beat them but I think when you when you look at it it's not insignificant that the Warriors set a tone early that 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 this year is going to be different because they've talked about it a lot, and I mentioned this on, on the pregame show, like you can talk about how you really liked the way you played on opening night against Phoenix, except you didn't make shots, but it's still a loss against a team that you're going to be competing against uh, for you know conference supremacy, and you know you got to go win win games you know 
elsewhere to basically make up for it. So I, I thought tonight was a huge win against a Kings team with a chip on their shoulder to try and take the Warriors down after the Warriors eliminated them in their home opener. And, you know, I, I, I thought it was a great win. Now go beat Houston, who's 0-2 on Sunday, and you're 2-1 going to New Orleans, and you're feeling really good all of a sudden about the first week of the season uh, with a shot to win second of a back-to-back in New Orleans. Let's get to Bobby in San Francisco uh, on the phone lines. Hey, Bobby, thanks for uh, joining me here tonight on Warriors Wrap-Up. Yeah, of course. Uh, you hear me, J.D.? Loud and clear, Bobby. How are you, my man? Hey, hope you're not uh, coming down with the sickness with the, all the coughing, but I just wanted to call in, and I completely agree with you. I think one of my major concerns is if Steph doesn't go off for like 35, 40 per night, do we have enough supplemental scoring Especially, I feel like our defense isn't, you know, those 2007 through 2009 years where we're elite top five in efficiency. And if we're not that in defense, like, do we have, number one, the cap space or even how likely, my question is, is it that we can make a move to acquire like a, you know, like a Jordan Clarkson type, like just like a spark plug, that instant offense. Because right now I do feel like Moody has come a long way, but he's still going to be inconsistent up and down all year. I don't feel like we can count on CP3 consistently giving us 15 to 18 points per. And I think JK is another maybe a year away from being consistently above 15 points score. So those are my concerns. Just if Steph doesn't have it and with Clay up and down, I feel like he's going to have games where he has 10 points and then 25 on the next game. Do we have enough supplemental scoring when Steph doesn't score 35 plus per game? No, that's the question, Bobby. I, I think that that's the question because Clay isn't going to be as steady as he has been more hot and cold Clay. And I'm with you on Moody and Kaminga. I think I think the Warriors would tell you that they have a lot of players, Wiggins, Clay, Chris Paul, maybe Kaminga on a certain night, maybe a night where you get a lot of balanced bench scoring. I think the Warriors would tell you that they feel they've got a lot of different options that can you know, on a on a night in, night out basis get you enough, but you don't necessarily know going into that game where it's gonna come from. And that's the part that makes you I think a little bit more vulnerable, but but stay tuned. Uh, you know they they being the Warriors have have talked a lot about the fact that they feel this the pieces fit together really well on this team, and it's only going to get better as the season goes on and they play together more, and that that will be uh, you know a means to where some of the efficiency I think is there, even though it might be. Uh, you know, uh, this guy averaging seven, and that guy averaging eleven, and another guy averaging six, and 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 you know, but but the two that you have to look to, I think, above everybody else when it comes to that that extra scoring is is Clay. Can Clay Thompson be more consistent than he was last year with similar overall numbers? And can the Warriors get closer to the 2022 Andrew Wiggins than the 2023? Andrew Wiggins you know that that's that's to me it it always comes down to your best players your highest paid players and offensively beyond Steph Curry it's yeah what Chris Paul can do for everybody else 
But it really, I mean, if Clay Thompson wants to be a $40, $50 million player beyond this year, then he's got to be more consistent than he was. And Andrew Wiggins is somebody that, that has to be somebody that doesn't sleepwalk. All right, let's get to the hardest worker of the game, brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office, who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at Join. ACSO.com. Hardest worker of the game is going to be Moses Moody tonight. 21 minutes, 10 points, plus 11, just steady as can be. Knocked down a couple of threes, three rebounds, three steals, an assist. Just a real nice, solid bench performance for Moses Moody. I gave Kaminga the, the nod on Tuesday in the opener. Uh, even though Kaminga, I thought, was better tonight than he was and more active than he was on Tuesday. I'm rolling with Moses Moody as uh, my hardest worker of the game tonight for just a, a steady 21 minutes off the Warriors bench. All right, before we call it a night, we also need to get to our eye on the stats, which as always is brought to you by the Goodman Eye Center. When it comes to your vision, be sure to go with a winning team. Go with Dr. Daniel Goodman and his team at the Goodman Eye Center, the choice of champions Schedule a free consultation at GoodmanEyeCenter.com. And just digging into the numbers, interesting note tonight. The Warriors have been good in both of these first two games for the most part uh, with turnovers. But the note that came uh, tonight that I saw is the Warriors, it, it's the fourth quarter turnovers that haven't been good, but the Warriors have been able to to not turn it over in the, in the first couple of quarters. So, yeah, you look at, at, at Golden State, and the note that I saw, 14 turnovers in two games in the fourth quarter, 15 turnovers in the other six quarters of the first two games. So you're going to take that. If you're averaging seven turnovers and seven and a half turnovers, seven, eight turnovers in three quarters, you're going to take that as long as the fourth quarter is along similar lines. But the Warriors have 14 turnovers in the two fourth quarters. That is something that's going to have to be corrected, but at the same time, it's a it's a good and bad, right? It, it's the first three quarters and, and, and the six quarters combined in these first two games have been excellent, and the fourth quarter is not winning basketball. And it was a big part of the story as to why the Warriors didn't win in game one, and it was why the Warriors were in scramble mode down five with a minute to go uh, in need of a Steph Curry bailout three-pointer. Uh, when they hadn't really handled the, the Kings' traps very well uh, to put this game to rest. They hit that shot, they win the game, but a little bit of good and bad with your eye on the stats brought to you by the Goodman Eye Center. All right, we'll call it a night on that note. Uh, great show. Thanks to Sterling Bennett and Craig Valentino in our San Francisco studios. As always, I'm John Dickinson. Warriors this week tips off tomorrow. Looking forward to another season of Warriors this week. Join me 9 a.m. until noon. Evan Giddings is going to be alongside. Really looking forward to having Evan uh, as a co-host tomorrow. And uh, we'll be talking about this one. We'll be talking about the first two games. We'll be looking around the NBA as well through the first handful of nights of this 2023-24 NBA season. So, We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Quick turnaround. Warriors get to 1-1 one and one as they beat the Kings tonight, 122-114. to 114. And you heard it right here, 95-7 the game. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 